Today is the 10th day of July. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you as we uh, continue to navigate our way through this week. And uh, this is hump day, so uh, we're in the middle of the week, and uh, we'll take the next step forward. Uh, We spent the last several days in the Old Testament working our way through the first part of 1 Chronicles, which contains the the famous genealogies of the Bible. And so, kind of don't need to cover that territory again. We understand why it's there and how meaningful it actually is. And we'll be continuing our journey through those genealogies, but we're winding our way out and into the, the continued narrative stories in the book of First Chronicles today uh, before we get into the New Testament where uh, the Apostle Paul is on a ship out in the ocean uh, and all hope has been lost for survival. And we'll pick up that in a minute. But first, we're reading from the New International Version this week, First Chronicles 9 and 10. All Israel was listed in the genealogies recorded in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. They were taken captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. Now the first to resettle on their own property in their own towns were some Israelites, priests, Levites, and temple servants. Those from Judah from Benjamin and from Ephraim and Manasseh, who lived in Jerusalem, were Uttai, son of Amihud, the son of Omri, the son of Imri, the son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Of the Shelanites, Asaiah, the firstborn, and his sons. Of the Zerahites, Jewel. The people from Judah numbered 690. Of the Benjamites, Salu, son of Meshulam, the son of Hadoviah, the son of Hasanua, Abnia, son of Jeroam, Elah, son of Uzi, the son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephatiah, the son of Ruel, the son of Ibnijah. The people from Benjamin, as listed in their genealogy, numbered 956. All these men were heads of their families. Of the priests, Jediah, Jehoiarib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Meriah, the son of Ahitub, the official in charge of the house of God, Adiah, son of Jeroam, the son of Pashur, the son of Melchijah, Amasai, son of Adiel, the son of Jazirah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Meshilameth, the son of Emer. The priests, who were heads of families, numbered 1,760. They were able men, responsible for ministering in the house of God. Of the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashub, the son of Azraikim, the son of Hashabiah, a Mararite, Bakbakar, Haresh, Galal, and Mataniah, son of Micah, the son of Zikri, the son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, the son of Galal, 
the son of Jejuthun, and Barakiah, son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, who lived in the villages of the Netophetites. The gatekeepers, Shalom, Akub, Talman, Ahiman, and their fellow Levites, Shalom, their chief, being stationed at the king's gate on the east up to the present time. These were the gatekeepers belonging to the camp of the Levites. Shalom, son of Kor, the son of Abiasaph, the son of Korah, and his fellow gatekeepers from his family, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the thresholds of the tent, just as their ancestors had been responsible for guarding the entrance to the dwelling of the Lord. In earlier times, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, was the official in charge of the gatekeepers, and the Lord was with him. Zechariah, son of Meshillamiah, was the gatekeeper at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Altogether, those chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds, number 212, they were registered by genealogy in their villages. The gatekeepers had been assigned to their positions of trust by David and Samuel the seer. They and their descendants were in charge of guarding the gates of the house of the Lord, the house called the Tent of Meeting. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their fellow Levites in their villages had to come from time to time and share their duties for seven-day periods. But the four principal gatekeepers, who were Levites, were entrusted with the responsibility for the rooms and treasuries in the house of God. They would spend the night stationed around the house of God because they had to guard it, and they had charge of the key for opening it each morning. Some of them were in charge of the articles used in the temple service. They counted them when they were brought in and when they were taken out. Others were assigned to take care of the furnishings and all the other articles of the sanctuary, as well as the special flour and wine and the olive oil, incense and spices. But some of the priests took care of mixing the spices. A Levite named Mattatiah, the firstborn son of Shalom, the Korahite, was entrusted with the responsibility for baking the offering bread. Some of the Korahites, their fellow Levites, were in charge of preparing for every Sabbath the bread set out on the table. Those who were musicians, heads of Levite families, stayed in the rooms of the temple and were exempt from other duties because they were responsible for the work day and night. All these were heads of Levite families, chiefs as listed in their genealogy, and they lived in Jerusalem. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Meaka, and his firstborn son was Abdon, followed by Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeon. They, too, lived near their relatives in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, 
Kish, the father of Saul, and Saul, the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan, Maribbaal, who was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah, Piton, Milek, Taria, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Esmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benia. Raphiah was his son. Eliasa, his son, and Azel, his son. Azel had six sons, and these were their names. Azraikam, Bokuru, Ishmael, Sha'ariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died, and all his house died together. When all the Israelites in the valley saw that the army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news among their idols and their people. They put his armor in the temple of their gods and hung up his head in the temple of Dagon. When all the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord, and even consulted a medium for guidance, and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Acts 27, 21 through 44. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. 
only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the fourteenth night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. And Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Psalm 8 for the director of music, according to Gittith, a psalm of David. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 
you have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Proverbs 18, 23 and 24. The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its constant reminder in our lives. We thank you that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That there is nowhere that we can flee from your presence. That wherever we are, you are. And so we agree with David of long ago. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. That is incredible. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. How counterintuitive. How beautiful. What a continual invitation to have the faith of a child. When we think about the heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you put in place, who are we? Who are we that you would think about us? Who are human beings that you would care about them? And yet you've made us a little lower than the angels. In fact, if we're going to be literal about this from the scriptures, then you have made us a little lower than God and crowned us with glory and honor. You made us rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet. We worship you, God. We adore you. We humble ourselves before you. We surrender our rights and our wrongs before you. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, our Lord, 
How majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, thou Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Oh Lord, thou Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Displayed thy splendor above the heavens. Thou hast established strength from mounds of infants to show all thy name to me. O Lord, thou Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the How majestic is thy name in all the earth For when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers The moon and the stars which thou hast appointed What is man that thou does take Son of man, the God is kept for him. Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I Through 